Hello, and welcome to the Medical Device Success Podcast. I am Ted Newell, your host. The goal of this podcast is to contribute to your success and, in turn, help you contribute to the success of your medtech company. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. This is a crazy time to start a podcast with the coronavirus dominating the news. However, there are important things we medical device professionals can be doing in this altered landscape of strategies and tactics for marketing, sales, and operations. So, working in the era of the coronavirus, hopefully a short era, will be the subject of this first season of episodes. Let's get started. This is episode 13, Enhancing Sales Rep Credibility with White Papers, Enhanced Bibliographies, and Statistical Summaries. Now first, a little housekeeping as usual. First of all, note, I do not, that's N-O-T, get paid by companies and CEOs that I feature in these podcasts. The other day, someone on LinkedIn made a comment that implied that I was in cahoots with the people that I was interviewing, and I took a little bit of offense to that. But on the other hand, I could see where they might believe that. But it's not true. I do not get paid by these companies and or the CEOs. These companies and executives are selected because I believe they bring important ideas and tools to bear in this new world we live in. Now, on that note... If you hear of an interesting technology, strategy, or tactic that could be useful to the listeners of this podcast, please email me. In the COVID era, medical device executives and marketing and sales professionals need all the help they can get, and so do I. Now, another interesting note is that last week, this podcast exceeded 6,000 downloads. Believe it or not, these are good numbers for a new podcast. And this is episode 13, my lucky number. I wonder when I should stop using the word new to describe this podcast. Maybe in the very, very, very near future. So back to business. If you recall in recent podcasts, I threw out some interesting statistics that aren't very good for sales teams. And that is that 82% of buyers considered sales reps unprepared. 43% of buyers trust the input from third parties, and in that case, that could be key opinion leaders, more than from the sales force or the sales team. 23% of buyers would trust a salesperson with info to help them make a buying decision, but that's not very much, and that's not very good. So what if we turn those statistics on their ear by giving the sales team the tools and proof sources they need to communicate as a so-called third party. In other words, communicate the KOL information via the sales rep by giving the sales team the tools that they need. So let's take a fresh look at white papers, bibliography summaries, and statistical summaries. It is not difficult, and it is not expensive. And to help us with that today, we are going to talk to Ashmita Das who is the CEO and co-founder of CollabTree. Prior to founding CollabTree, she had worked her way up the ladder of greater and greater responsibility at Cactus Communications. 
I will let her tell you what led her to found Collabtree. But I will tell you, it's an amazing source of over 10,000 scientific freelancers, some of whom come from institutions like Harvard, MIT, Cambridge University, and even our good old FDA. So Collabtree can be of great assistance on the subject matter we are discussing today. Ashmita, it's really a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks, Ted. I'm really happy to be here today. Thanks for inviting me. Well, could you tell the listeners a little bit about Collabtree and what value it offers to those that utilize its services? Yeah, absolutely. So Collabtree is an on-demand platform where uh, scientists and other high-end experts can offer their services to uh, businesses and organizations. A typical description for us is, you know, we're the Uber for scientists or the Upwork for scientists. So we have um, the majority of freelancers registered on our site are workers with uh, PhDs or they work as postdocs or they have uh, many years of experience in working in high knowledge at high knowledge companies or in high knowledge industries. And uh, our clients include business organizations, medical device companies, biotech companies, public health organizations, uh, researchers at uh, universities who are looking for either people to collaborate with or for extra support in uh, completing projects at their uh, organization. For the people that you have on this site that are offering these services, these postdocs and PhDs and doctors and so on that you that you just talked about, are they coming, are they worldwide? Um, yes. So about 40% of our freelancers are based in the U.S. We have another 15% from the U.K. and EU. And the remaining scientists are from uh, all around the world, in India, Australia, South Africa. Um, science is universal no matter where you go. And, you know, if you're looking for someone who knows just, you know, this one type of bacteria really well, you're not necessarily going to find them in, in just one place. Okay, wow, that's great. And when was this founded, and what motivated you to start Collabtree? Um, so I used to work at a company called Cactus Communications, which... It helps researchers and academics prepare articles for publication in peer-reviewed journals, technical publications, and other such places. So um, working with that organization, I got really familiar with academia and how researchers work. In the course of working with that company, I was trying to develop a product. I wanted a, a custom natural language processing algorithm for that product. So I thought, why don't I reach out to a data scientist, you know, with a PhD in uh, NLP and to help us develop uh, this custom algorithm for us. So I reached out to a bunch of universities and, you know, they had business offices and liaisons, et cetera. And they were very responsive, said, yeah, we have professors uh, who can help you. We'll put you in touch. And then it was just silence. Eventually did not end up getting in touch with an actual uh, professor, researcher, data scientist, anyone. Um, so that kind of seeded this idea that said, you know, it should be easier for a business to get in touch with scientists. You know, this was a time when companies like LinkedIn were boasting about how many data scientists they're working with and, uh, you know, how they're using all these, you know, really high knowledge workers to to craft their products. And and it just seemed like, you know, you don't, you shouldn't need deep pockets to be able to uh, get that kind of talent on board. And if we look at a lot of, you know, the 
academia business programs out there or uh, or other methods to really put business and, and scientists together, it's usually the companies with deep pockets who are able to take the most advantage of uh, these kinds of programs. So, you know, this was kind of our way of saying, you know, let's, uh, there's a pool of scientists with, you know, amazing skills that are available. There's generally um, this oversupply of PhDs where, you know, their jobs dwindling in academia. So all these guys are looking, they're looking to industry for jobs and, you know, why not make that talent more readily available to, to more people? So you had a problem and did not have an easy solution. So you decided to provide the solution. Yeah. So that's usually a good way to start a business. Yeah, absolutely. And what challenges did you have early on with this? Um, so I think initially, you know, as we started thinking this through and started thinking through the use cases, uh, the first question was, would really anyone use us? I mean, is anyone really going to hire a scientist from a platform? Um, and at that time, you know, marketplaces like Uber and Upwork, they had just started to gain some traction, but they were not maybe necessarily as well known or as big as they are today. So it was really just, are, really, are people going to hire scientists like this virtually, you know, online, through a platform? It was testing that proof of concept and then understanding, okay, what are the different use cases? What are the different organizations? Because as we started gaining some traction, as we started seeing some business coming in, we started seeing such a huge variety of use cases uh, coming in as well. So we you know, uh, initially we thought, okay, maybe it's researchers looking for other research researchers, or maybe it's a few types of organizations that might need that might need to actually hire scientists. And then we figured out, no, you know, nowadays you want to sell a cupcake, you need to consult with the scientist. We started seeing a lot of food companies coming in saying, I need to consult with the food scientist to uh, make my product more shelf stable or turn this into a manufacturing recipe. We started seeing cosmetic startups saying, you know, I'm trying to formulate this new moisturizer. I need a scientist. And of course, you know, we had the typical um, organizations like medical device companies and pharma companies coming in saying, you know, we need scientists or we need experts to help us prepare content or uh, prepare presentations or, you know, just consult with on a, uh, on a specific problem, etc. So we just had this, you know, huge variety of use cases. And, and now our, uh, the challenge is really how do we kind of serve all of these use cases, this, these different use cases. Yeah, that's great. So let's start talking about a use case right here that we have in medical devices. Uh, or I should say, let's start talking about a use case problem that we have here in medical devices. And uh, before we started recording this podcast, you and I were talking about the background situation that we have in the medical device industry and probably a lot more industries outside of medical devices, but that's our focus today. There are a few things that come together. And one of course is that with COVID um, and you look at the AMA, CDC, AdvaMed guidances, sales reps have much less access to doctors, um, other healthcare professionals. It could be the head of ICU, head of infectious control, the head of a hospital laboratory. They have much less access to these people than they did before because of these guidances. And actually, it's common sense. You don't want a sales rep that's been in five practices um, already during the day to jump into your practice and walk through a lobby with a bunch of people that probably have an average age of um, 65 or 70. That's why these guidances were created, but it has moved the sales process 
to more of a virtual world, and it makes it much more difficult uh, for the sales rep to communicate value propositions to the doctors and or to the other healthcare professionals they'd like to communicate with. So we have this challenge. And then another thing you and I talked about prior to the uh, podcast was just some of the data that I've shared with listeners before, which is a majority of buyers think that sales reps are unprepared and that um, more buyers, about 43% of them, would trust the input of a third party which could be a key opinion leader, for example, or some type of medical expert, whereas only 23% of them trust the salesperson um, as a source of information to make a decision. So when you look at these different factors, and now, and that's before uh, the virtual world was thrust upon us. This is before COVID. Now we have COVID, and we have this problem. So as I got to know ColabTree, looking at the website, talking to you, and I started thinking, there's some tools here that could really help medical device salespeople and marketing teams make the virtual world more valuable, make the virtual presentation and the virtual part of the sales process more valuable in terms of communicating a value proposition. And I, and I came up with several different things I was thinking about, but one is the white paper. And I don't know if there's a way to make a white paper more virtually interesting or not, but just to have a white paper in general that then a marketing team can turn into something virtual uh, for the sales rep to present. But there's the white paper, and it seems to me like your service, CollabTree, is like the perfect place to go find people to help write white papers. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've seen uh, this use case quite a bit where you know the medical device organizations as well as biotech companies uh, are looking for people to prepare white papers of of different varieties really uh, there's one medical device company who said we want a white paper to be available as a resource on our website so you know, website visitors can download this and it's, while it talks a little bit about our product it also talks about the background of you know why we built the product the way we built it, and um, you know, then it explains some of the the science around it. Then you know, we've had uh, some organizations coming and saying, okay, no, we want a white paper specifically for sales purposes. This is the white paper we want to equip our sales team with to send them out, and you know, to either send this white paper ahead to prospects um, ahead of a call, or to send them after a call to kind of just reinforce points made during the meeting or sales call. Uh, so white papers are, you know, definitely a fantastic B2B tool and and uh, they're definitely a very effective tool, I think, for medical device organizations to use. Now, one anxiety actually medical device organizations keep bringing up as we talk to them is that, you know, well, we have to be really careful about the information we use. We have to be really careful about the claims we make. You know, there's a, you know, we have to make sure all of our claims even uh, are compliant and uh, they have to go through a regulatory approval process, either with our, you know, uh, regulations, the consultant or regulations team, et cetera. You know, and, and so that kind of holds them back from moving forward on this path. With CollabTree, we try to find them the kind of experts who can make sure that they feel safe with the content they're commissioning, with the white papers they're preparing, and that, you know, they can hire people who who are cognizant of these uh, special requirements that they have. 
No, that's really good. And I, I think that's a great point because, yes, you do have to have even regular advertising. You have to have approved by your regulatory department. That shouldn't be that great a challenge. But if, but knowing that you have a writer that understands the environment and can produce something that requires the fewest edits and changes by the regulatory department is really great. And another thing that you and I talked about prior to our recording is I see a lot of companies that are sort of scared of trying to get a white paper written, and I don't know why they are scared. It is such a simple thing to do. You find somebody that's a talented writer, and they can go to CollabTree to do this, you marry this person to the doctor who you want to be the author of the white paper. Um, mm-hmm. If if that's the appropriate case here, you're going to have a doctor or it could be a page, PhD author or whoever the author is going to be. And the um, the writer writes what the doctor expresses as their viewpoint, goes back and forth with the doctor to make sure it's correct, and the doctor puts their signature to it. It's really not that difficult. Yeah, the doctors and the PhDs and the scientists that you might want as the author of the white paper, they may not be readily available to sit down and write something themselves, but they'll happily work with, you know, some uh, a professional scientific writer. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the, I mean, one of the advantages at Collabtree is, you know, you can kind of come in with these requirements, be very open and say, you know, uh, we have this write-up, we want to do this write-up. We do encourage uh, anyone coming, uh, hiring a writer to Collabtree to make sure, you know, that they do the correct attribution, etc. But um, a lot of the experts at Collabtree are actually also doctors. (laughs) So, you know, it might be that if, let's say a sales rep has collected a bunch of feedback from, you know, doctors they've already spoken to and they have, let's say, you know, a bullet point list or uh, some points that they think uh, should be collated into a white paper. They can then uh, come to Collabtree, hire um, an MD in that area to put that together and put their signature on it. So, you know, that's that's definitely um, a use case for medical device companies to come to Collabtree for. And the other thing is that, you know, with white papers, one of the advantages of a white paper is that you can, there's a lot of different types of content you can fit into a white paper. A white paper doesn't have to have one purpose. So, for example, you can take, you know, your testing data or you can take research that you've already done in, in the course of developing or refining your product and you can turn, use a lot of that, uh, turn into a white paper or a press release or similar uh, item. So, for example, we had this one company who came to us and who uh, came in and said, you know, we've done a clinical trial. We want to create a press release out of this clinical trial. It was a very technical press release in terms of, you know, laying out the results of that clinical trial. But it was, um, and, and they needed a very technical writer to be able to prepare that press release. But, you know, that was one item that they could produce just from, uh, just as an output of work that they're already doing as part of their uh, product development and, and safety processes. There's another company that said, okay, we've, uh, we have some clinic, very technical clinical data sets. We need someone to be able to visualize and prepare um, some graphs and charts from this that we'll present at a medical meeting. And then we also want to incorporate this into some of our website material. Then there's another company that said, okay, we want to prepare a white paper out of, uh, based on some of this research that we've already conducted. Um, there's a bunch of data we've collected. There's some literature we've collected. We need someone to kind of synthesize some of this into a white paper that explains this research 
you know, a little bit more clearly than we than we have it laid out in our notes. And we want to use this to notify the public about what were the outcomes of uh, of our research and study and what are the next steps for our research team. You know, the, the flexibility of using a white paper format or a press release format to really showcase the research and, and outcomes of all the work that these organizations are doing in the course of, you know, just developing and manufacturing and testing their products is is something that everyone should consider doing. Absolutely. And what we're really talking about here in, in sales and marketing terminology are proof sources. And so when a, a salesperson goes in and make a, makes a sales call and they're touting certain parts of the value proposition, they need to have proof to back it up. And a white paper is terrific proof to do that. Because even though the doctor or the healthcare professional knows that the white paper was financed and funded and directed by the company. However, they still may respect the author of the white paper. Or even if it's a company-created publication with all company input, it still comes across as more organized and more professional than just a marketing brochure. And so I th- as a proof source, they can be very, very powerful in, a, in the sales process. And something you just said sort of segues into another area, and that is like compiling a bunch of information and making it more understandable. And one thing that sales and marketing people aren't that great at is statistics. And I tell you what, I am not. I mean, I took those courses, and I was terrible on you know, I took those courses, I got through them, I was glad they were over, and I've never gone back and looked at a statistics um, course book, you know, since then. But the um, there's a lot of statistics that are really important peer-reviewed in peer-reviewed papers that a sales professional might be using to support the value proposition that he's making to uh, a customer, a prospect. Is this something where one of your writers or one of your scientists could take something like a peer-reviewed paper and restate the statistics in a way that a sales rep could present them and understand them better? Is that something that one of your professionals could help with? Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's a very common type of project that uh, comes to Collabtree, which is, you know, do a meta-analysis, do a systematic review, or, you know, just um, can you uh, compile all the literature or all the statistics available in this area and put it into a format that I can, that we can put into a business report or uh, there's one company who said, you know, we need someone to prepare a kind of cheat sheet of key facts that our sales and marketing team can use. And one of the advantages of uh, using Collabtree is that our experts are independent and they are. uh, So while, you know, the organizations coming in here are paying those experts uh, for the work they're putting in or for commissioning the projects. Um, they are independent. They're outside the company. They're not beholden to the company to kind of produce these results or, you know, use this to kind of fund research or what have you. Uh, so one of the advantages of using Collabtree is that organizations can come in and they can ask an expert who really is an expert in, in, in that specific uh, field or uh, device or um, uh, treatment area to collect the data, make sure it's collected in you know an independent, verifiable way, and ask the expert to put their name to it, so that you know they're ready to stand by the results of that analysis or the results of uh, the synthesis of peer-reviewed research and and uh, grade literature. 
you know, it, it allows medical device companies to uh, come in, hire an independent expert to independently collect and put that data together for them. And by asking them to put their name on it, asking them to say, okay, you stand by this data, and then use that to then present to, uh, uh, to incorporate that into their sales material and, and marketing material. That's great. So we started talking about the statistics. And so if we had a one peer-reviewed paper that had a lot of interesting statistics in it, we could get a professional that could be provided by CollabTree to help, I guess, restate those statistics in a way that are understandable to a sales and marketing team and more easy for them to communicate. So there's a lot of value in that because then the uh, sales rep understands it's be- understands and appreciates it better and then communicate it better. So that's one thing. So that's like taking one peer-reviewed publication. And then you sort of segued into another area, which I think is really powerful, and that is the literature search. So if you, if you need to uh, support a, a product, a surgical technique, or, or whatever with some additional literature, maybe a short bibliography, but then that needs to be summarized in a way that a sales and marketing team can present that to their prospective customers, but also in a way that's easy to understand, as opposed to just throwing a bibliography at them, you know, <laughs> that, the, that the doctor then has to figure out, and they'll never do that. They don't have time. It may look impressive to have the bibliography, but if you can have it summarized in a way that you pull key data out of that bibliography into a summary, I think that's very, very powerful. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and you're absolutely right. If you know, it's uh, just presenting a bibliography. It's uh, it's probably just going to be you know collecting dust at the bottom of someone's drawer at the or at the bottom of someone's email pile. But if you're able to synthesize that information for them and then direct doctors or others to you know more relevant reading beyond the the summary, um, that could be a huge value add. One of the things I love about our platform is we have a, an army of scientists, an army of researchers kind of standing ready to share their knowledge, you know, standing ready to use their expertise to you know, present information in a better way. So many of our freelancers are just generally interested in being able to communicate science publicly, communicate um, to be able to share their knowledge more generally, to make sure that as we to just make sure that science is incorporated in a much better and healthier way and is used for evidence-based decisions. And so, you know, they're very eager to work on projects where, you know, they're synthesizing and, and preparing information uh, for uh, for use by others. You so, know, um, something I just thought of related back to the literature search or bibliography is a really cool bibliography would be one where it doesn't just list all the publications in support of a particular idea or a particular product or technology, but they could list the publication and a couple key bullet points from each publication. That would be easy to read versus just looking at a straight bibliography. And that would be that would be a terrific project for one of your people. And it wouldn't be that expensive. That's, I think, the other thing I need to people to understand is this is not expensive work. You know, when you, when you think about the, the result and the, the power of that these proof sources add to the sales process, this is not expensive work. Uh, no, absolutely not. You can get a three to five page white paper, depending on obviously the level of difficulty and tech um, and technical details to go into the white paper and get a white paper commission between let's say uh, one and $3,000. And, you know, obviously the higher 
the page count and, and the more technical the white paper becomes, the higher the prices. But um, you can easily get something short written up for that amount, or you can easily get a, a small summary along with the supporting bibliography prepared for under $1,000. Wow. Um, again, depending on the size of the topic and things like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a no-brainer to, to use this talent available to, you know, have this, have these prep materials to equip sales and marketing teams. No, that's just great. I mean, these are really great ideas and great tools. And then they can, they can make them virtual. So they can have them in a digital format that could be attached to an email or sent out. You know, of course that's true. They can print them and have them available to be mailed out or when we are allowed to have, you know, trade shows again, they can have them at their exhibits or in the field of the rep when they are allowed to see somebody, but they can be made virtual immediately. They can be turned into a virtual product that a sales rep can present virtually or a marketing campaign can present virtually. Any other ideas, any other thoughts you might have about um, the tools and resources that CollabTree brings to bear in this area? I think just generally speaking, I mean, what CollabTree is trying to do is provide uh, resources across um, the entire product cycle for medical device organizations. So, you know, from the initial product concept, conceptualization, design to a guidance on, you know, testing and quality, um, guidance on regulatory matters to um, helping to providing support to, for preparing uh, marketing and sales collateral and uh, synthesizing information for uh, for use by potential buyers and the public. And you know the kind of experts that Collabtree has to offer. We have uh, where we have a growing segment of users with specific background working with medical device companies. So we have freelancers who've previously worked as product developers at medical device companies. You know we have a freelancer who's who was an investigator at the FDA for seven years before he started his own consulting agency. Um, we have free, uh, we have one freelancer who's the medical director or who was recently the medical div- director at a large uh, medical uh, device firm that sells dialysis machines. So, you know, there are, uh, there's a variety of talent available on Collabtree. And to link it back to some of maybe the discussion, you know, that we had just now, we'd love to see medical device organizations use this talent available to really, you know, number one, be able to... Uh, crystallize the benefits of their products in a much more evidence-based way. There should be a lot of evidence available out there that these organizations collect in the ordinary course of their work, but maybe not all of it that they can use to actually prepare that evidence-based case to as to why uh, as to the efficacy of their product. You know, we hope that we can help a lot of, especially smaller organizations, kind of gain that competitive advantage by being able to use. Uh, these kind of materials to say, you know, we we have put in the effort to do this wider research, to to put these evidence-based answers together, to uh, put the supporting material together to explain the science behind our product, to explain why we're developing the product in a certain way, to explain why we think this product is beneficial based on the science. We really hope that medical device organizations are able to use this talent that's ready av- readily available and willing to use and, and eager to use their knowledge to communicate science to the world, that they use this talent to build the, to build the case for why their product is, is useful. Absolutely. And I think a point that you just made a couple seconds ago is that small companies can do this. 
you know, it is mm-hmm. not that expensive. And they just have had their trade shows canceled. They should have gotten refunds from most of those, those organizations or rolled it into next year. So the funds technically on a budget standpoint are available to do things like this. You know, it costs so much more to go to a trade show than it does to, you know, write several really good white papers that support uh, their sales team. So now that we've talked about some of these effective tools, how does it work? How does somebody go to the website and how do they progress from there? Well, getting started is fairly easy. Right now we have no upfront fees or anything. We ask uh, we ask you to put in a small project brief um, to explain what you're looking for. And, and that's our starting point. We then try to connect you with experts that match the brief. So for example, you know, you come in with, let's say a there's a cardiovascular device and you need, and you're looking for someone to write a white paper around that. We'll try to match you with the cardiovascular expert, ideally someone who's worked with cardiovascular devices before. So the starting point is putting in that brief by posting a project on Collabtree. You have, um, because you know, with medical devices, we understand confidentiality is a huge concern. You can actually choose to restrict your project so that only certain freelancers are able to see those details, and and you know those are the freelancers that we would reach out to, as as the most suitable uh, experts for the project. And then once we've identified and invited those experts, they will uh, put in a proposal to work on the project. And then it's up to the organization. And then we ask the organization to connect with these experts, have a chat with them. If they want to introduce additional safeguards, like, you know, sign an NDA with my organization before I share further details with you, um, you can go ahead and do that. Share, you know, ask the experts to sign an NDA, then discuss the project details and choose the person you want to work with. Typically on a project, we usually have two to three really good experts that you can choose to work with. And, you know, that variety helps you choose, you know, what kind of expert do I want to work with? Is it someone who's really strong on statistics because I really want someone to collect the statistics on my paper? Is it someone strong on public communication? Because, you know, I I really want to prepare something for um, a non-technical audience to read or uh, depending on the skill set, depending on the knowledge area, depending on your budget, you can choose what expert to work with. And then once you do that, you, you know, kind of move ahead with confirming the project with that expert. And, and the way payment works is we ask organizations when they decide to move ahead with an expert, hire an expert through the platform. Um, we ask them to fund the project, but the project, but the funds are essentially held in escrow. Once the work is delivered, and the organization says, you know, yes, this is uh, the work is delivered. I'm happy uh, with the work that's delivered. The funds are released to the expert that they worked with. So there's a little bit of a guarantee to say that, okay, if I'm not getting my work, then, you know, I'm not losing out on those uh, on that payment. During this entire process, we encourage very close collaboration between the organization or the per, um, or the client. And the experts, we encourage them to work together because the more the more collaborative the effort, we find the higher quality the output of the work that's uh, ultimately delivered. You know, like I mentioned, our experts are PhDs, they're scientists, they're typically very conscious of uh, confidentiality issues. They're you know conscious of IP protection and you know who owns the rights to this work, et cetera, et cetera. They they openly ask if they want to use the details of the work. They tend to openly ask, okay, do I have permission to do this? Our platform reinforces a lot of the points around confidentiality and says you know all um, our basic terms of service is that all details of the project are confidential and belong to you, the organization, unless otherwise stated by you. So yeah, come. 
put in your brief by posting a project. Um, we'll connect you with the right experts. Choose the expert you want to work with. Uh, hire uh, hire someone from the pool of experts interested in the project and hopefully get a really uh, high quality of uh, work done well, that's, at the end of it. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, Ashmita, thank you so much for being with us today. I think we've reviewed some really you know, powerful tools that need to be resurrected uh, by medical device sales and marketing organizations that will really assist them in this virtual world going forward. So um, thank you. Thank you very much for being with us today. Well, thanks very much, Ted, for having me. Ashmita Das, an impressive lady, an impressive company, Collab Tree. And that leads me to ask you the question, can your sales team fluently speak to the statistics in the peer-reviewed papers that support your technology? Do you have up-to-date white papers that support the clinical or practice integration efficacy of your technology? Is your bibliography up-to-date and do key papers have summaries? If not, guess what? You have work to do. And a resource like CollabTree could help you economically get this done or warm up some elbow grease and do it yourself. The immediate impact idea for today is to go look at the bibliographies that support your technologies and decide if they need work to make them more valuable as a sales tool. Then delegate this project or do it yourself. If this podcast is helpful, please recommend it to colleagues, subscribe to it, and rate it. Thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate your support. Now go win your week. <laughs>